All I ever ask is keep it eight more than 92 with me, 100. Ladies and gentlemen in the chat, welcome. I have three very special guests with me today. We have the 100 Talk guys, the C9 Body guys, and the Live Evil Podcast guys. If you are unfamiliar somehow, but given that I'd imagine most people in the chat probably know League of Legends, these are the individual fan casts for each of the LCS teams. Uh, for 100 Thieves, Evil Geniuses, and Cloud9. I ceremoniously wore my Optic jersey because one day, Papa Hex, can you please allow me to be in this conversation rather than moderating it? Thank you. That aside, <laughs> gentlemen, welcome. Hello. Thank you very much. Hello. What, what a pleasure to be viewing the apartment where it all goes down on TikTok. It's New York City. Everything is right in front of you. You pay for what yeah, you get. Yeah. You pay way more than you <laughs> should, but it's there. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not sure if you guys have ever watched presidential debates, political debates in general. Are you familiar <laughs> with debate structure? I believe that's when you just yell over everybody as soon as you want to say something, right? When does well, the punching start? I wonder if we just ignore the moderator and just keep going. Is that how it? Because that's, that's my usually how it, that's usually how it goes. Right? Yep, yeah. I'm here to facilitate. That is it, and sit by passively while you guys just beat up on each other. That's fine by me. So I will. Uh, we'll, I, we'll get to ignoring you right away. <laughs> so I will have some questions that I'm going to direct to one person uh, specifically to start off, and then it will open up to the crowd after a response has been given. Uh, feel free to bust as many balls as you want. There's no filter involved in this other than your own. And I will start off with the easiest question of the group. They probably knew this was coming, but we'll start with the most recent LCS champions and evil geniuses. Uh, can you convince me to buy a world's jersey and tell me why you have the best one? That, there's your answer. No. <laughs> so, so, so touch some grass. I don't know. Our Discord is like already burning and whatnot. That's we don't know how it got passed through. Like you know, yeah. I, you can hear my son. That's not happy about that either. I can't convince anyone of anything looking at that jersey. I still think it's April Fool's, even though we're in, what, September? Yeah. I don't know. Are, are there any Ben 10 fans in the chat? Maybe they want to pick up that jersey, you know? There's going to be one Seattle Seahawks fan in the chat that's like, I'm the 12th man on this. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. I'm happy. Yeah. Actually, this is kind of a 200 IQ move, if you really think about it, because, like, just think how 100 Thieves would feel if they lost to EG wearing and, those jerseys. And they made the shirts. They, bought, they, got, they brought the Walmart joints to State Farm or, or uh, whatever it's called. They're bringing them to Chicago, and they're going to bounce you out of the LCS playoffs wearing that? Genius move. Genius move. Truly if it works. Evil. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's right. That's ratcheting up the pressure. I, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, it's risky. You're not going to sell one, but you know, at least as a championship tactic, it might have some uh, validity to it. I mean, I like that angle. It's risky. That's how we play and that's how we live life. Risk. So maybe if you know we take the you know the first place in LCS again, you all have to win one. 
Jeez. I'd be willing to take that bet. If EG wins the split again, I'll wear it at Worlds. I don't care. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll commit to that. I can commit to that challenge. I will, I will uh, suck it up and buy one of those monstrosities <laughs> if you're able to win the LCS title. And I'll, I'll post it on Twitter, too. I don't even care. We got our first bet, and I will be part of it. Yeah, I just have to add it to my collection. That's crazy, though, when you think about it. It's like the fan podcast for EG has to be bedded into <laughs> Buy, know, buying their own, buying their own jersey, man. That's, that's how you know you got a problem. 100 Thieves could never... <laughs> no, we would never. We would never. Hey, look, our record's not 100% flawless, all right? But uh, that never would have gotten out of the uh, idea room. I don't even think it would enter the idea room, to be honest. Whoever brings it into the idea room is fired immediately. <laughs> How are you feeling about your chances of having the best World's jersey, C9? Uh, you know, uh, I think... Did they reveal the, the Cloud9 World's jersey? Not yet. No. It yeah, likely... That's why your chances are still technically. Uh, technically. Uh, hypothetical. Cloud9 usually designs some really good merch. Uh, so I, I think I think it'll look pretty good. I mean, I look at it this way. You got a 50-50 shot at this. You're either going to be better than 100 Thieves, who have the red and white covered. I will give them credit. Yeah. I've, I've come around a little bit to the jersey. But you throw... Do we... Do we need to be ultra critical here? Because I will say, 100 Thieves jersey, it's a big miss not making the cuffs white like the collar. That Every time I look at it, I'm like, wait, we got a white collar, but not the white cuffs. That's a misstep, man. Take the cream sleeves, that's fine. Just cuff, cuff it white. It looks so much cleaner. But you know, you have to look that hard at our jersey to find something that is maybe nitpicky, right? C9, what are you gonna have, like slap, slap, uh, a default design from Puma out there, put it on Blabber and sell oh, it. Co no, come on, the Puma designs are good. <laughs> okay, yeah, very, very inspired design there. Very individual, very unique. <laughs> it's a tiger. It's neat. Pumas are cool. <laughs> I mean, the C9 uh, shoes are more similar that. for the green wall than they are for Cloud Nine. But hey, I still like. Yeah, them I don't know why they made oh, their shoes. I don't know why they made their recent shoes like green. It, it, that one like really confuses me. I'm not going to complain, Jack. I love you. Thank you for the shoes. Uh, they fit perfectly with an optic jersey, I must say. <laughs> I don't think he intended that. You might want to walk that back a little bit. I wear every team's merch. At the end of the day, I'm a shill for it. I'm the, I'm the Jake Sucky of <laughs> low esports, if you want to call it that. Ooh. There you go. There you go. You got your rival esports closet going. That's not me bashing him, by the way. That's actually his Twitter handle for before anybody starts clipping and sending. <laughs> yeah, right. So, directing this towards the LCS, I, uh, let's start with the team that I would argue expectations are a little bit muted from where they were about seven days ago with 100 Thieves. Yeah. What do you think it's going to take for you guys to win this weekend, and how are you going to do it? So you mean win the whole thing? Yeah. Because, well, <clears throat> the thing that it's going to take has already happened, and that is to lock in the lower bracket run, Right. It's a cheat code. We all know this. No one needs to be taught. You fall to the lower bracket, it's an auto win. The thing is, I'm not going to dance around it, okay? We did not have a great past weekend. It wasn't as bad as everybody thinks, but um, I don't know what kind of, like, spells Cloud9 has put out on people, 
but they just happen to get everybody on their off week at every round of the playoffs. And let me tell you, you cannot keep that up. Just like it's hard to be good for a really long time, it's hard to be lucky for a really long time. So in my mind, this is already one. Uh, I'm not actually, I mean, we, I'm sure we're going to talk about the, uh, the bot lane of evil geniuses, you know, to, to come. So I won't like dive deeply into that conversation yet. Um, Cause obviously, you know, that, that changed a whole lot, but C9, like they're just not going to catch us all like in a haze like that. That was some days, one bad week of the entire split, right? It's like the one like underperforming week. You're not going to get that twice from him, especially against the same team. This one's already one. Wow. Floor is yours. Well, I mean, you know, Berserker and Jensen have some things to say about that and that they, they fucking crushed 8, it. 1,000 damage, Jensen. My man, straight up, was the guy who did nothing for the group project but put his name on it in the end of that game one. Yeah, and he still got Avadaga the A+. Did, Avadaga That's did all you 30, need. Avadaga did 32,000 damage in that game. Jensen did nothing except walk and into the base. And lost. Oh, my goodness. Walk in the park, Jensen. My goodness. Eight world's appearances. He can, he can walk back off a team. He could not have a job again. How's that? No, no. He's, no, it's secured now. Like Good enough that no one picked him up for a whole split, huh? That's because he was too good and everyone was afraid of his power. Man, I, I know you don't want me to pull up the list of uh, LCS mid laners that had a job during that split while well, he didn't. It's not a pretty list for you. Uh, okay. Maybe fair. <laughs> <laughs> but look, Jensen, Jensen got his comeuppance though because Bjergsen isn't going. True. True, true, true. He got hey, his revenge. And let me be honest. Look, I'm not actually a Jensen hater, all right? Dude's good. He's legit. He's good. I'm going to give him his flowers. He deserves it. Maybe, I mean, all I'm saying is release the comms video if you haven't already. Cloud9, did you release the comms video so I can see who gets credit for that they decision? Did, they, did, they did put the, the comms uh, today, I think. Oh, do, oh we got we to gotta mine that, figure out who was the one who made the call on that. I think, I think it was... Determine if Jensen gets his credit, you know? I think maybe it was like I watched it today, but I wasn't really like super paying attention. I think it was maybe Jensen and Blabber saying that they could do it. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Like I said, I'm not a Jensen hater. He's a good player. Uh, but yeah, they're they're just you know Cloud Nine. Kudos to them. They improved. They're they've been overachieving though. Clearly overachieving, and at the same time getting everybody on and off. So it's not like I think we're we're about to waltz in and three zero them, but it's you know I just I just. Think if things play out the way they should, then it's an easy climb. Any response from the boy wonder that is Jojo Pune? Mm. Jojo Pune, he's been the one that's carrying us throughout the playoffs. I mean, granted, that was pretty uh, a bad showing against 100 Thieves, but you know, lower bracket buff is all we need. So he definitely is the centerpiece of what we have to rely on now going into this upcoming matchup. And it's always fun. You know, Abadage has given him, you know, such inspiration that he's now taken over the Azir play. And looks <laughs> much I was going to say, he, he walked JoJo's dog when they played in the, uh, in the second round Robin. So, 
Uh, we're not lacking in confidence. I think we can take advantage of this. Uh, it's particularly if someday, you know, if this is not a fluke, someday not showing up again, that would be great for us because we would definitely <laughs> have, um, you know, we our focus would be inspired JoJo and then play through top, our bottom. You know, it's been a weakness for us, you know, the whole playoff. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it's I'm not putting the blame on Danny, but certainly he doesn't look great. Um, I think it's been very um, apparent. And now he's taking that time off. And so it gives us a little bit of understanding that, you know, it's just, it's been tough on the kid. Uh, but I'm not any less excited about Kaori. I think what he showed in Academy, he is one that, you know, a lot of LCS teams I hear are like monitoring for next year. And I think he's ready. I mean, the guy has played in Worlds with Supermassive before. Um, but you're right. Didn't know that. Um, yeah, I think the 2020 or 2019. Uh, remember those play-in stage. That's, you know, when people don't watch, but play-in stage. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you watch the remarkable growth of Jojo, you know, from a guy who, you know, can think that he can cleanse a Malzahar's alt during MSI <laughs> and now to one still growing in talent, growing in knowledge, watch out when he hits his like power spike, when he hits his like peak, I think we can pull off an upset or, you know, I am expecting at least one game, one, I'm not letting 100 Thieves sweep us. Because yeah. of JoJo. Yeah, you know, like, I I actually, I was saying in our own Discord, is like, I'm not sure why we're automatically just assuming that EG is worse with Kaorian, because, like, I mean, again, no disrespect to Danny, right? But it looks like y'all were playing with about 60% of Danny, you know, mm -hmm. for the past couple of weeks, and you still beat Team Liquid. You know what I mean? Like, I, like are we sure that Kaori is... is going to be a definite downgrade compared to 60% Danny? <laughs> I don't know. Surely when you're dealing with like peak potential and everything, yeah, you, you definitely <laughs> would prefer to have Danny active in that situation. But yeah, I, I don't think it's necessarily given. And JoJo has been the player that's driven me the craziest maybe because he, he's been crowned so early without doing much at all. I mean, yes, you got a spring title and that's good. Like that's, that's super sick, good achievement, whatever. But I mean, you got like, like the dive was like, he's already a top like five NA mid all time. Like they said that on the dive, you know what I mean? And it's like, are you sure about that? Cause he's, you know, been here for about a year. You know, it just seems a little, a little bit early, but I've had to admit, dude has popped off and has, has basically been solo carrying though. I wouldn't sell impact short either. I'm glad we're all, I'm glad we still have not even mentioned the, presumptive mvp of the split because that dude i haven't seen him in a few weeks uh but yeah i, I think like impact and jojo are are playing like super well I, I think impact is not getting near enough credit for what he's done i i will ask this question about jojo peen specifically would you or would you not agree that he was the best performing player on evil geniuses at msi this year msi Wow. God, that feels so to, long ago. I don't even remember yeah, no. what happened in MSI. <laughs> general, to, general consensus is that he was. Yeah, I was gonna say I'd have to I'd have to check him against Inspired, but like pretty sure he's probably he, he I know, the most improved, but yeah. the best yeah. one I would say inspired still. 
it's it's hard to it's hard to give it to a support in situations like that unfairly, you know. Um, so and and yeah, impact is kind of just like all perma weak side kind of <laughs> kind of thing for the most part. So yeah, I mean it probably does go to JoJo. I know for sure that Danny did not look like NA Danny at MSI. You know what I mean? So what whatever struggles he's had with the pressure or whatever, I'm sorry for him. Um, he hasn't been able to be himself either at MSI or, you know, for these playoffs. But I think you're probably right, David. I just see a lot of parallels in terms of, like, the overall growth of JoJo Pune to what we saw with Fudge back in 2020, where Fudge comes in, isn't playing great in spring, is memed on all during lock-in and, for the most part, uh, the beginning of the year there. Cloud9 went to MSI 2020, correct? Or... Uh, yeah, or 2021. Was, sorry, it was it was whatever season I believe Perks was playing on. So I think 2021. Yeah, yeah, 2021. Yeah, 2021. Rega- regardless, he comes in, he comes in early, underperforms, goes to MSI, performs very well. Is the notable standout for Cloud9. It continues to build and build and build to the point where now Fudge has already built his name for himself. Is Jojo Pune not almost identically following that path, but with much less memeing early on? That's where I disagree with you because everybody gave Jojo his credit like before he was even an LCS player. It was like, oh no, this is the truth. This is the kid. This is the guy. Like it felt like everybody said that. And that's precisely why it's been difficult for me. And look up to this point, I feel like maybe I was wrong about this, you know, but, uh, but at the same time, I think honestly that does align with fudge. Everybody kind of just decided fudge was the guy without fudge doing much either. You know what I mean? So to me, it's like it feels slightly disrespectful to some of the legacies that these guys who have been in the league for basically 10 years have built, you know, to just kind of be like crowning these new guys who like play okay one split and great another split. And then it's like, yep, they're the best. I I just think we're rushing to it. I think a problem is that the people on the analyst desk and the other people in sort of the media of the esports scene want to constantly be crowning sort of the next super genius player so they're they're, instead of like celebrating the geniuses that we have and like slowly building up the players as they're hitting those actual points they're rushing it because it's like we need the next superstar now so they have to start crowning these superstar players like way way earlier than probably they they should be like really calling cosign vouch the truth yes I'll agree and I'll disagree with that to a certain as somebody who talks about this in a from a media not pure media but kind of in man. that same but he's the media he is the media get him represent <laughs> it's one of those things where like when you compare it to college football and going into pro and you have these younger guys that we overhype to a certain extent of how they're going to do we're talking about how they're going to play three to four years from now once they develop once their offensive line is established and everything else there but yet we have that same expectation for year one no matter what like you can't avoid that like any rookie coming in you're expecting them to carry you to the super bowl especially with players doing it in shorter and shorter amounts of time that timeline is sped up pretty much the same case here where yeah nobody's expecting jojo pune to be the best mid laner the lcs has ever seen but that expectation clearly has been rushed early. But the reality would say that'll be about three to four years from now when we can make that determination, and hopefully so. 
Oh, I'm not disputing you on reality. In fact, I'm a big fan of reality, and that's why I have a problem. Because again, let me just point out for the second time, they said this guy is top five in a mid already. Was that Cubby okay, or was so, that everybody else? No, that that was on the dive. That was like okay. Azale and, and Kobe and whatever. And to be fair, they may have said like if he plays one more year, but they I think they specifically even said it doesn't really matter how well he does. You know, so it's just it's just kind of crazy. I, all I'm saying is, let's not rush it. Good player, definitely overachieved, like expectations. I think, but because of what Havoc was saying, yeah, people just want to crown him like right away. And you know, you got to have something interesting to talk about. And if you're in NA, you got to have a hope, right? No one wants to be like, all right, well, we're NA, we're gonna lose at Worlds. We want to have like the new guy in the tubes, right? That's gonna carry us. Yeah, exactly. So, I get it. I get it. I'm just, you know, I just, I just want us to calm down a little bit. Just like calming down. I'm gonna take us in the opposite direction of calm with the next question in regards to hype to oh, cloud oh. not to cloud nine. I think it it's probably gonna be a pretty decided fact by the time the weekend is done that there will be more cloud nine fans in attendance in Chicago than both of the other teams combined. Uh, that's been historically the case dating back to 2019, which the only event was the only event that I went to. So you already have a heavy advantage coming in. Do you think the crowd buff is going to help you? Or do you think it doesn't matter? Um, I think that I think having sort of a, a crowd kind of quote unquote home team advantages, I think it's definitely good, but I don't think I don't think it's as beneficial, at least for esports. Um just be, just because you know they're they're wearing like the noise canceling headphones and everything to like really reduce the noise and everything. Um, I I will say like having to perform in front of a lot of people is really stressful. I think it may give some of the players like the opposite effect because you know if you have like a majority of the fans in the stadium, Cloud Nine fans, you don't want to disappoint the fans, right? So like I think that's extra pressure on you to perform. Uh, so that can actually maybe work against your team, uh, at, le at least for this typical sport. Like, I think if, like, for football, it would help because everyone's making so much noise you can't hear the play, right? But for esports, I think it's kind of different. I think there's a different atmosphere and a different effect that it has than, uh, than different sports. I think we should definitely check in with the EG side of things after how Houston went for them this year. Because, like, yeah. They entered Houston with like, you know, five people in the crowd cheering for them. And then on Sunday, they had like 99.9% .9 of the crowd cheering for them. Everybody suddenly jumped on the EG bandwagon. Uh, and they had like an insane amount of support out of nowhere. So, yeah, you can talk to us about what, <laughs> how much you think that helped you guys. Uh, it's it's kind of weird, you know, to see how everything played out with Danny, especially like, you know, to to see them get white hot lightning in a bottle, just run over everybody with the crowd behind them in, in spring. Oh my I don't God. know. All I know is we're going to have the least cheers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's, it's pipe, especially for the young players, like, like Danny and Jojo. And this is the, like, they have to frequently constantly mention, this is the first time they played in front of a crowd and that how, Oh my gosh, I, I do love the Houston uh, vibe there. We just absorb all the C9 and TL fans who were present there. right? Uh, but I think it helped for certain players. They really feel the energy and they get motivated or like push, maybe not so much motivated, but uh, really um, help 
them feel good about themselves every time they make a play. They can hear it through their comps. I mean, it's crazy that I can hear it through the broadcast. I wasn't even there, and the energy was so tangible. Um, so I don't downplay the effects of the crowd noise and energy level. And I think on C9, who would be for... Um, for how, how many of their players have actually played in front of crowds? Jensen, I know. J Jensen has... Pretty much everyone except, I guess, Berserker has never really played in front yeah. of a huge stadium before. Yeah. Everyone else has had experience. Mm -hmm. uh, so so I think I think from that mental aspect, I think everyone is pretty prepared except maybe Berserker. Mm -hmm. um, but I think Berserker is... He, he seems pretty chill with high-stake situations because he, he didn't really falter that much at all throughout playoffs uh so i think that that's uh i think that's maybe at least a good indication that he won't he won't have a really big you know oopsie at least hopefully yeah. not a lot of variance mm -hmm. yeah yeah i will also note fudge has also never pray, played in front of a crowd like this and i mean this in the sense that 2021 spring finals was set up in a kind of cone style where the players have their backs kind of just set by a wall and you're just looking out at everything in front of you. This will be the first finals that Fudge has played in a full circle arena. So there's no safety, well, there's no nothing he... behind you, which does have a, it's small, but there's a small mental difference between the two. Well, has there, how was how, how the playoffs when he played in uh, OCE? Because he's been in a bunch of, champ he's been in like, I think a couple of championship teams in OCE before he moved on to, Playing NA, I highly doubt in a stadium like this. I, I that that's fair. I, I could imagine them playing in a much smaller venue. I, I was just curious because it, it's not like Fudge doesn't have on stage experience for playing in a championship. For the Hundred Thieves guys, the first time that they've ever played in front of a massive crowd, it did not go well. The whole team kind of seemed off. Are you worried that there is a potential mental mental block? when it comes to playing in front of a crowd, and also notably, as you said, a crowd that likely is not going to be in your favor at any point during the weekend. I'm not. Um, I'm a believer in two things. One is that uh, I think, like, good players learn from, from their mistakes and they learn from what happened, right? Like, before we went to Worlds last year, I was like, hey, this Worlds is going to suck for us because everybody has to go to Worlds and suck once and then try to is where you really see like what you're made of. You know, I'm I'm a big proponent of that. I no joke, we got blown out of the water in spring. Uh I don't think really the crowd had anything to do with that. I think like EG was just at their absolute peak power and I'm yeah, I just don't think that there was anybody uh in the LCS who could have stopped them at that point. So I don't really chalk it up to being a crowd thing. So I I think like the other thing I believe in is that our guys like to have a chip on their shoulder, right? I think we've seen that borne out pretty well where a little bit of corkboard material is good for them. If they don't feel like they're getting the respect, they don't feel like they're getting the fan support, like they play a little angry and that tends to be a good thing. So, um, if, like the Hulk. <laughs> yeah, right, right. You yeah, wouldn't like you. closer when he's angry. Uh, I, I think like if, if we lose in either round, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, yeah, like the crowd made him jitter and be like, nope, we just didn't play again. Yep, we're in a bad state right now. You know, like that's, there's, 
you can't dance around those those things. I don't think the crowd's really going to have material impact, uh, at least in the negative direction for for our guys at all. And to Cole's point, I think this is like the perfect, um, it's perfect, uh, I guess, uh, situation for Hundred Thieves. Every time we doubt them, every time we wonder, like, are they good enough? Are they have they hit their peak? They just showed up when they're doubted against. I mean, that showed up. You know, Abadagia got very angry of being called one of the worst mid laner early in the summer, right? And that was when they that kind of <laughs> snowball, and they got angry. That yeah, you guys should be. That green. was high <laughs> saying it to his face, man. Gosh, what an awkward interview that was. Holy crap! They did not hold any punches. Any final words on that before I move on to the next question? Just that uh. Like, even though I, I, I'm saying crowd support, like, won't be a material factor, I don't think, for our guys. It's like, it does kind of it can cause a little pain in my heart when I hear that our crowd is always quiet, you know? And I don't know what it is, but I just want us to have some loud fans there for once. And I wish I could do it myself, but I, I won't actually be up there. For, I'm going to Chicago, like, two weeks later for something different. I couldn't swing it with work and everything. Um, but the good news is I'll be at World Semifinals in Atlanta, so I'll get to cheer for my boys so follow up on that for all three of you. Let's be honest. Chance in esports, not great. There, there's not many that have it down packed to the point where like it's a good one. The Call of Duty crowds, I think, have it the best because they come up with something on the moment. Uh, I know Cole probably knows this, uh, but the uh, fuck you standy chance from the New York major. <laughs> which I was a part of, must say. Absolute <laughs> blast. And I did it right in front of his mom, too, which I didn't realize. Oh, so, yikes. Yeah, 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 you live and you learn. But Call of Duty has always had some great chants. Is there any inspiration mm -hmm. the three of you have? Like, give me one chant that is better than let's go, let's go Thieves. Let's go Blank. Let's go EG. Let's, let's go Blank. <laughs> let's, let's go, go see fits, like, syllabically. Syllabically. <laughs> so it kind of fits. It, it fits the rhythm. It really does, know. but it's so. It, come on, it's so basic. That's give me, no, give me very, something. It's very basic. I know. I can't argue with that. It, it, it is. It is a very basic cheer. Yeah, I. Th I think it says something. By the way, that like the most famous like NA origin chant is TSM. TSM. Yep. Right. It's like it's like that's all we got. Really, yeah, we don't have any like songs or anything. We don't have anything. Look, we we can draw inspiration from the Call of Duty crowd. World champions, by the way. Shout out world champions, LATs. We can we can we can bring the run it up from there, right? Run it up always good with a thief crowd. Uh, but then also, I'm a big proponent of hundred what hundred thieves. Under what hundred thieves? That's a good one. I'm a big proponent mm. of that. I, I, uh, I you know Jordan and I we got it. We solo got that going when we uh, visited LCS. I think it was 2019 spring. But you know there weren't many people in the crowd. So <laughs> if you want to steal <laughs> from TSM. You could always do FBI open up, FBI open up. Hey, there we go. Or there we go. one from football uh, that most people have had, which I can't believe this was never done for Hooney in the years that he played in a stadium. When who he makes a great play, you either go who he and like you get it like that, or you just make it sound like a boo, but you're yelling who the entire time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are they booing me? No, oh, no, they're saying no, boo words. <laughs> well, maybe in our case that'll work. They're they're booing me. Okay, I'm going to go off. <laughs> Anything's better than E.G. Hua. 
I did a, I did, I did come up with a, with a cheer that I really did try to, um, try to do, uh, and it was, it was basically, um, uh, the, the whole cheer is basically like me doing the whole, like, give me a, it's like, give me a C, give me an L, you know, and so it spell out cloud and like, what cloud are we on? And then everyone would be like, cloud nine, who's going to win cloud nine? Who's the best cloud nine? And then everyone would cheer. But that, that's a little too involved and that's kind of long. That is a perfect student section at a high school game. No, it's, cheer. Very, no, it's very like students. It's very like yeah. football gamey. But like, but we're going to have student scouts. sections. All we know is college football. We so. are going to have student sections at this finals. I don't know if you guys saw the announcement, but each team is going to have a section in the stands dedicated just to them. Oh, hell, oh. hell yeah. That's cool. So, if there was ever a so time. We, yeah, deploy your charisma there, Havoc. Yes. Just saying, it could work. Got to think of something. Got to come in pre-planned. Can't just wing it in the moment unless somebody really does something interesting and you can go with it. But I don't trust league fans to know how to no. do that versus no. Exactly. Fans. No. no. Mm. Never trust league fans with virtually anything. You're right. <laughs> oh, God. So, I want you all to give me one player from each of the other teams that scares you the most Scares you the least. I'll start since you know we're we're likely the the biggest underdog. Um, scares me the most from Hundred Thieves. It's it's closer, especially if you give him Lee Sin right. Um, just the guy can turn it on, and just if he shows up better than Inspired, because right now I think our, our, our chances lies on Inspired and JoJo being able to carry the team and do it well. Closer has been a really scary. He's scarier than FBI. He's scarier than Someday. Yeah, Someday's peak, I think he scares me the most. Least scary on 100 Thieves would probably be who he... <laughs> I, just, I, I don't know if I, like, who you know... He? He's the guy finding a four-man flank on you. <laughs> That's who he is. Gosh, uh, show some respect for a legend. Yikes. Guy who can't make it as an ADC and has to, you know, scurry to the support. Yeah. Oh, that would be Sven. You're thinking uh, of Sven. And he's the best now. <laughs> I just realized that both C9 and Hunter Thieves had that going for them. <laughs> a former ADC going support. <clears throat> I got that right, right? Who he was in ADC? He's a mid laner. No, I, I was waiting for somebody to say it. Yeah, who, 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 he was like a you... mid laner for CLG, and he played. Okay. He was, I believe, he was in fact the best Aurelian Soul player in the entire world. Oh yeah, uncontested. Probably was yeah, mm -hmm. uncontested. I mean, how many Aurelian Soul main do they have? One, but that's the point. Doesn't matter. <laughs> <It> still counts. <laughs> All right. Good enough to play it on stage. Exactly. Thieves, uh, I think. I mean, back on his name. <laughs> all right, C9. I mean, hands down, it's Berserker. The guy just destroyed us. I don't even have anything to say. He single-handedly made it hard for our team to do anything because he's so good on the Zeri. He's so good on the Sivir. Um, least scary, Sven. With your support, I think he he got. 
he he got uh, it's really unfair to say he played well, but he I think he got more lucky in our, in that series against us more than anything. He played um just enough to to make you know to give Berserker whatever he needs. Well, I, I mean, I mean, in I think in Sven's defense, he is this is his first split playing support, but he's you know he's doing it at such a high level uh, for only a very little time of practice. Uh, but I think even even now, him and Berserker look like such an amazing bot duo. Uh, I, you you have to give him his props. In how I'm not taking playing. anything away. They beat us three one with a you know makeshift support, and that's that's given him credit. But if you have to say relative to all five players, he's probably the one that I'm least. No, true. No, that's that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Uh oh yeah right my turn um I think from 100 thieves uh I definitely have to say closer because closer can do closer is really similar to blabber in terms of play style uh and he can make some really nutty things happen especially if you give him like a comfort champ so I think that definitely he scares me the most I think. In terms of who I'm scared of the least, I think I'm actually not really that afraid of Abadage because I think Jensen's been playing really well. And no, no, I was so this is a very bot centric meta. Just hear me out. This is a very bot centric meta. FEI and Huki have looked not only really good, but they've been playing really, really well. And I think that they've been getting a lot more resources than Abba lately. And so since all the resources are being more shipped towards the bot lane, we're not going to have to worry about ABBA as much in the jensen Abadage matchup. Tell me you haven't watched the matches without telling me you haven't watched the matches. <laughs> My goodness. Disrespect. Um, I'll let you do your EG piece before I uh, rebut this. Uh, in terms of EG, I'm, I'm probably... Who am I scared of the most for EG? Um, Jojo, I, I'm probably scared of Jojo the most because Jojo's insane, uh, and he plays really well, and he really elevates the team and can just hard carry. Um, as far as who I'm not that scared of on Evil Geniuses, I guess I guess Vulcan. Uh, and I and I only say that because Vulcan he was on C9. Uh, Zven knows how Vulcan plays. So I think that at least from a bot lane perspective, we're very prepared in how he performs because we are we have insider knowledge on how he on how you know like what he wants to do right. So we we, we kind of know what he's going to want to go for and everything. So the team is a little bit prepared for if they want to do like an engage or something. So that's that's what that's that's uh, that's what I think. All right. So I guess that means it's my turn. So who am I most scared of? No one. Why would I be scared of a single player on either of these That's teams? That's the cop-out answer, boo. That's the cop-out answer? Boo. Okay. Then then default to whatever best player on the team is. Yes. Like, man, gosh. How have you been doing this podcast for like five years? And you're still I a think it's more than that. Oh, my gosh. All right. So Look, I'm afraid of confrontation. <laughs> well, I'm not. Under Thieves or not. Look, I'll, I'll answer the question. Uh, who am I most afraid of on Evil Geniuses? That would be JoJo. Regrettably, I have to begrudgingly admit that it's JoJo. Uh, just because he seems to be like, you know, the, the, the turbocharger in the engine right now. Um, 
beginning of the split, I wouldn't have said this, but uh, you know, I just have to come down on JoJo's side for this. Uh, that that dude has massive takeover potential, even when he's behind. So that's going to be someone we'll have to pay attention to. Uh, least afraid of on EG, that is the easiest question in the world, and that would be the man who uh, started a a charity to help other teams burn down objectives faster with his early smites and inspired. <laughs> forgot how to do that and so he's actually like a help not a hindrance to us i'm not scared of that guy at all i don't i don't recognize him uh it's just yeah it's it's just weird what's what's going on with inspired uh n- literally not even noticing him play at this point uh on the c9 side if you don't say berserker you're insane uh but maybe maybe just maybe we just full commit to not letting Zeri be there and just like, like bend it every time there will be no berserker Zeri. And if that's the case, maybe the answer changes. I don't know. But as of right now, <laughs> if you're not saying berserker, you're not, you know, you're not watching. It's an ADC meta right now. Um, he is virtually impossible to kill. Uh, and pumps out an incredible amount of damage. He and if he, if he I- has, He's sorry to cut you off. I just want to say no, 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 please. He he do, he just does things that I haven't seen a lot of eighty carries in in at least in NA do. Like his his sense of like spacing and when to actually get aggressive and fight is just insane. Because he I think he takes more risk and he takes more fights that a lot of ADCs I think back off from, especially in playoffs when you're like not wanting to make a mistake. So he just yeah. he just goes. That's the thing. If he's on a movement champion, it's like oh. Yeah, it's like game over. Basically. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, so so we we have to we have to prepare something for that. Um, but uh, as far as who I'm not afraid of on C9, that would be Fudge, because what is he gonna do against some daddy? He can talk about having his counters ready all he wants. Some daddy lower bracket buff, best season he's ever had for 100 Thieves. Like, you think you're gonna get the best of him? in two separate series that will not happen. It just won't. So if C9 wins against us, they're going to be winning in spite of fudge, not because of fudge. I can, you can just cross them off right now. I'm proud of no way for picking the low hanging fruit. That was Kaori. I was ready to rebuttal with son. I was ready to moderate the shit out of that one. No, I have, I have, like I said earlier, I have a medium amount of, you know, fear against K.O.R. because he's an unknown quality. Who knows? Maybe this guy is like the Jeremy Lin. He's going to come in oh, out of nowhere shit. and just take over, right? I mean, he plays, the meta, he plays the meta picks, and he plays mm-hmm. them very well. That's yeah. like, I'm not saying... Uh, that, similar to what you said, no, no disrespect to Danny at all. The 60% analogy, I think, is fair. If this guy's coming in at 100% or even 80%, of what his full potential is, and he's playing picks like the Callista, the Draven. He can play Zeri. He can play Sivir. Shit. Yeah, that's not something to look at slightly. Plus, honestly, it's like having an unknown quantity can be a benefit, you know, because it like throws a wrench into the, your prep for the team. You know what I mean? So, I yeah, I I genuinely don't think he's like gonna automatically be this liability. He would have to have the most like poop his pants weekend ever for him to truly be like you know a, a real significant downgrade based on how eg has played the last couple of, you know again i won't argue about 
deviation from EG's peak because that's not where we are right now. Ooh. Uh, but just as as presently constituted, I just don't believe he's automatically going to be like this huge down. Thank you. It's actually kind of funny because Frozen and I were talking on the podcast we were recording today, and we we, were, we had similar points where Kaori is kind of an unknown, so it makes it difficult to uh, to kind of prep because you don't know exactly how him and Vulcan are going to interact and, and do things, and they may do things completely differently from how Danny and Vulcan would kind of approach a laner, approach the, the mid and late game. Yeah. Well, I will say, you know, shout out to 100 Thieves staff because we have, you know, a top-level staff to prepare for things like that between, you know, But are statistics. you powered by Microsoft? <laughs> That's true. We, we may not be tracking support CSD, so we may <laughs> have to give Cloud9 a call before the EG series. Uh, yeah, to, to get that sorted out, like maybe Tim can import that into Oracle's Elixir for us or whatever. But uh, yeah, I, I just think we have a top-notch staff for things like that, you know, so um, that's, a, that's just another facet of it. It's, you're talking about getting, getting the best of 100 Thieves like twice, like with the staff we have too, like not just with the players, but with the staff, mm. it's a tall order, you know, so um, they, they definitely make me feel more confident. So it's been about 45 minutes. I think I have one more question for you guys that I don't want to hold you up too long tonight. You're not allowed to give me the reason for your own team. You have to say it for the other two. Why are the other two teams getting out of groups at Worlds? Hmm. That is a big ask for EG right now. I don't think you will. That's the I, thing. This is I, not I the kind so of announcement. Ah. Yeah, this is not the kind of announcement that you make if your player is coming back in a month. Uh, mm. I, I would I would be shocked if Danny's back. Um, so I yeah I, I don't think you have him. I think EG the the way that you get out of groups. I don't I don't even think there's a like there's a fortunate group draw, you know. And play-ins are going to be harder this year too. Mm. So you know it's it's virtually an impossible question I think for EG. So if you're asking, like, how do you get out? It has to be Inspired writes the ship. Like, there's no other way. Um, Inspired has to get back to his old ways and still not lose anything from JoJo, you know, and, and not lose anything from Impact, who, again, I will say, I think Impact's play for the playoffs is being very underrated right now. So I don't want that to go underreported. But if every, everything holds... And inspired can come back to life. That's like the only shot, but I I think it's so slim for, eg, um, anybody in the three seed especially. It's just it's going to be crazy. Gary, yeah. What about C nine? You would have to talk about both team, right? Mm -hmm. oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, I didn't want, know if we were gonna. I want we were gonna the, talk oh, okay. team first. Or I I want the full on hopium take. I want like the goal for this year for me is to make sure that everybody's cheering for all LCS teams, that we get some North American pride, which has been significantly lacking for years now. That's, that's why I like you so much. <laughs> so how, I, I need you to give me the angles on how we get that. How do we get people riled up in the stands? Who are we cheering for? How's it going to happen? I'll lose my voice doing it, but you, you give me the pathway. All right. So can't talk about because, you know, I thought this was a good year for LCS to be preparing themselves. And hopefully, you know, we elevated our play enough to know like how to prepare for international competition. But I think this is 100 Thieves. 
I uh, Reaper, you know, still love them, man. He knows the competition, and second time you're getting hundred thieves around. They are less jittery about the whole, you know, being in the spotlight, being at worlds. I think they have a great chance of moving out of groups. Maybe the, it'll be easier if they fall into the group of life. Uh, but even if they get a tough draw, I still think that they are better motivated, better prepared, and um, they'll come together. So the whole nervousness or not knowing how to, um, you know, mentally prepare. That's I think that's that's the big thing for me. I think it's the mental piece has been always been for LCS. They look down at them, like the whole world looks down at them. They convince themselves they're just happy to be there, right? Not this year. I mean, we we know we are hungrier and we're making that effort. And 100 Thieves is, is the team that, you know, it's coming back with the same players. So what's going to catch them by surprise? I think they are more uh, ready this year to show off uh, what they can accomplish. Yeah, I, I I know we're making each other's case, but I just want to validate that from a Hunter Thieves fan perspective because it just, you could tell the guys felt like they really left something on the table last year, um, especially because of, you know, that SKT, or I should say T1 uh, game where we uh, just couldn't press R, you know, for a really long time. And we, we might have been able to swing that game. And then we like thunderclapped EDG in a game that they were just playing for seeding at that point, we were already eliminated, but still it was like, it was not even close. It was just an absolute blowout. And I think that getting that win for them made them believe in themselves in a way where it's like, man, we really lost this opportunity that we had and it made them hungry to get it back. So I, I just wanted to validate that perspective. I think that's exactly where the guy's minds are at. Yeah, I think I think one hundred percent. hundred thieves feel hungry for it. Uh, I I think hundred thieves is, I think historically been an org that has been hungry for the the accolades, and they they've put in like you can tell like they put in so much effort in building their roster, training their roster, and getting coaches and and a staff to make that roster really strong. And and you can tell their work has finally paid off. I mean they've 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 won some. Uh, I think they've won like a championship or two. Um, they're they're going. They've you know they're going to worlds. Uh, you know, and and I think that they're they're hungry for it. And I think the hunger definitely makes them try a lot harder, and uh, it definitely gives them a drive that I don't think a lot of other teams kind of have. Yeah. Um, we didn't make C9's case, by the way. Um, yeah. So maybe maybe we should do that. So uh I think again, I don't know. I'm not a patch notes guy. So for people who are listening to this that aren't familiar with our podcast, uh Jordan and I, Jordan who's not here tonight, sorry about that. He couldn't make it. But, uh Jordan and I are idiots about League of Legends. We don't follow the patch notes. We don't know like the nitty-gritty about items or the runes or whatever, you know. We kind of just watch and make general observations and stuff more than anything else. But <clears throat> I don't know if this meta is going to hold going into Worlds. And one of the key things for C9, in my opinion, is that this bot lane meta needs to carry over for them to really pop off. You obviously want all the chips behind your highest ceiling player. And for me, that's Berserker, right? So 
<clears throat> they they need that meta to hold in order for for the takeover to really be possible. Because those those kind of fights, you know, those those like kiting Zeri fights, those are fights you you can win from behind. You know? No, yeah, as for long, sure. And, long, and you can as, and you can trust Berserker to win those fights. Yeah, just keep people off of him, right? Like as long as they don't right. actually get on top of him, um, then he can make those miracles happen. Um, Fudge, it will, I think, will be the other key piece because, like, I think Fudge is probably a little like overrated by the community because he's a great personality for the league, and he is sometimes really great at things like counterpicking. Like he has this good reputation for counterpicking. Um, and sometimes it really doesn't work at all and no one ever talks about it. So Fudge <laughs> needs to really be on top of his game. And I think if those two pieces are in place, that's like, you know, the, the hope, the, the hopium angle for C9. Um, I don't know. The, the, the group draws... I think like someone calculated it out like because of the seating changes, there's virtually no variance in, in, in like how the groups actually play out. So we'll know almost everything about who will be playing uh, when, when those, um, those seed draws are, or when we place, excuse me, and we, and we know what seeds we are. Um, it's going to be a super tough year, like no matter what angle you look at it. So I'm all for NA with you, David. Like I want us to whoever the team is that's representing us like at the moment, like let's go, rah rah. Uh proud to be American, right? But uh yeah, it's just it's a tall order. Definitely gonna be a tall order this year. It's always gonna be a tall order. I mean, our expectation should be to get a single team out of groups. That's where they should be, because we have four Chinese teams, assuming assuming everything goes as planned in play in stage and one of the eu teams gets out and na gets out as well uh we'll have a chinese team in every group a korean team in every group and likely a european team group or european yeah. team in every group yeah. which it's just not as much not as worried about europe at the moment but that's a separate point as long as you don't get g2 mm -hmm. look we're we are counted out every fucking year i remember last year whenever everybody was making their tier list it was ls Dom, double it. Everybody put China and Korea above everybody else and said NA doesn't have a chance. And granted, we hadn't made it out of groups in the past two years. Fine. But once again, as always, things never go as expected. And this will be the first time since 2016 that we have had some sort of influence on the crowd and the possible results that can come in. Not saying that we can give a mental edge to our players, but if there's one thing that I know about a New York crowd is that we can throw teams off of their game. And I'm not <laughs> sure how well the League of Legends fan base, let alone Chinese or Korean players, are going to handle very obnoxious booing of themselves. So, believe me, I don't give a shit what your opinion of me is after this, but I'm going to be booing the shit out of Faker when he gets on stage. <laughs> I don't give a fuck what your legacy I is. I don't care. Faker. He's going to get booed. No, it doesn't matter. When an NA team is on stage against Faker, Faker is the mortal enemy. That's all that matters. We are I, there to I win to the game. Love it. Love it. So Yo, fuck I, it. We have nothing to lose. Go in, play your ass off. If we make it out, great. If not, we enjoyed the ride while we were going. That's all that matters. We're getting crazy jingoistic here. This is. This oh, is I, I will <laughs> pump hopium into your veins for the next four weeks. I promise yeah. you. Yeah. 
No, I mean, like, I, like I said, I'm, I'm always with you. We've done, we've done historically, we've done Diary of an NA fan as our like different <laughs> podcast series during Worlds. You know, uh, we're coming from it from that perspective also. So, yeah, let's do it. I'll, I'll be wearing some uh, American flag underwear. You know, all through the Worlds run, probably same pair. Don't even change it for good luck. You know. Oh, you got to keep that, keep that uh, juju going. Speaking of that, uh, if anybody from the LCS for some reason sees this, and I might put this on TikTok, please release an LCS jacket with all three teams' logos on it and possibly the flags of all of the players from all 15 players in the nations that they're from on the back. Do you have any idea how well that would sell no, in addition to unifying so well. that's, everybody? That's like the take my money meme right there. China, <laughs> China gets done with their regional qualifier and they have all four teams standing on stage with one unified Nike jacket. They all have their jerseys underneath, but it's one unified jacket. China's coming in as a unit. We need to do the same. We are North American teams. We're going to be proud of it, and we're going to win and lose as a region. Have some merch to go with it. Let's go. I support. I will commit my money now. I'm sending my PayPal login information to the chat to make sure everybody who's listening can get a piece of this uh, alleged gear that will come out. Can't wait. I wish. Any departing words, guys? Thank you all so much, by the way, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you for taking your time. Oh, for sure. Oh, man, this has been awesome. Yeah, yeah thanks for having us. We always... So, so again, you're uniting the NA clans here with this, you know, so we appreciate your, your role in being the general here for us. Uh, parting words are, uh, EG, so sad for you about the Danny situation. <laughs> I'm glad they're handling it, you know, in... in the right way. Um, I don't see, I don't, I don't see how you could criticize EG is for, for how they've handled this. So shout out to them. That's great. I'm sorry that that's happened. Um, we were going to beat you anyway, so I'm sure it's not really going to make much difference in the end. So good luck in plans. Cloud nine. I see Jack in the chat. Jack hats off to you for your, uh, record of, of being a, a top org always again. I'm sorry to deny you a title. Um, we've done it a few times here recently. That pattern will not change. Um, I look forward to the celebration stream uh, on Sunday. Should be good. Uh, I just want to say let's go C9. Let's get another uh, nice trophy for our trophy case. Uh, first uh, NA championship, then the world. <laughs> oh, man. Thank you guys again. Thank you to everybody in chat. Thank you to Jack and uh, Karen, or yeah, Karen Moser, who's been in, in there the entire Kelsey, time. Kelsey, yeah, or Kelsey. Kelsey been... I, think, I couldn't remember her first name. I'm so sorry. It's her Kelsey. fault. It's her fault. I uh, don't know what to say. This has been great. Thank you all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll catch you later. Let's do it again. Let's make sure we do it again. I'm down to do it again before Worlds comes. If you need, believe me, I can make you feel like you're going to be ready to run through a brick wall. It can happen. Juice me up. Thank you guys. Adios. Live right. evil. Take care, everyone. Thanks for watching. 100.